to all you lovely brides and grooms out there. I'm Nikita. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to Guys to Brides, the wedding podcast. This brand new podcast will help guide you through your wedding plan, discuss trends and so much more. Let's get started. Hello. Hello. It's the last episode of our starter bundle. That was fast. I know. But don't worry, there'll be a new episode every two weeks. So make sure you subscribe or follow us on whatever podcast platform you're choosing um, to be notified when it's released and it will go straight into that library. So today's episode is all about the guest list. The guest list. Yes, we will be covering why you'll want to come up with your draft guest list early in your planning stages and then how to finalise that guest list when it comes to sending out your save the dates and invitations because that finalising moment is is where it's difficult. It's quite easy to come up with who you might want to be there in in an ideal world, but the the nitty gritty is the difficult bit. Yeah, it's the cutting it down, which can take a lot of work. Yes, exactly. So how do you start? Well, we suggest starting by pulling together your initial guest list draft. Now, traditionally, when weddings were paid by parents in the vast majority of situations, that guest list was split into thirds. So one third would be the parents inviting who they would want to, like on your side. Sure. The other third would be your partner's parents choosing who they would like to invite on their side. And the final third would go to you. Now, obviously, that's that's way out of date now. (laughs) But it's quite a good model to use if you aren't quite sure where to start. So if you know, like, uh, or if you know already, for example, the kind of venue you want and you want approximately 150 guests you know 50 of those could be your your friends and family 50 of those is your partner's friends and family and the other 50 are parents friends your extended families your um joint friends absolutely yeah i think that works really well so maybe we could start then by writing down the names of every single person you can think of that in an ideal world if you you know took out of your mind your budget your venue capacity write down every single person that you would love to have on your wedding day. Yeah, like even um, uni friends that you don't speak to anymore or um, your third cousin that you met once but you really liked and you hit it off and you're still friends on Facebook. (laughs) You know, if those are the kinds of people that you would have at your wedding in a very ideal world, put them on the big list because that's going to be the the list that you can look at, sort of identify approximately how big of a wedding you want exactly and this big list won't be your finalized guest list but it's really good to do just to get an idea of rough numbers yeah Um, identifying individuals needs as well exactly yeah so if you've got um your aunt sally for example um is in a wheelchair you know you need to make sure that venue has disabled access yeah and that's going to go on your venue requirements on your checklist as you're looking around and also any like food allergies if they're quite severe you know you want to make sure that that can be catered for as well so this big list that's best done before looking at venues as you'll need to know um capacity uh, in terms of your approximate guest numbers we've already said that yeah. but um also in terms of catering because if you're going for a dry hire venue it'll be great to sort of go oh yeah i need about 150 guests well this dry hire venue can have 300 perfect Brilliant. but your catering might then cost a, an, an another amount of money because you've, you've got to then place an extra 
charge on each of those people. Exactly, yeah. So it will help you sort of narrow down the suppliers you can afford, the venues you can afford, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. And I think a really good way that you could do that is to have a smaller number of guests for your wedding ceremony Mm. and then be able to invite more people for the reception um, after everyone's had that main meal, which could take up some of the costs. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, maybe not everyone can attend the whole day, but if you're also finding a venue that has a package in place for 80 guests and a package in place for 100 guests, you might then be able to go, oh, you know what? Actually, that includes all of my guests. Everyone can be there for the whole day. Yeah. It's completely up to you. It will it, it will just help you to determine your approximate numbers. And I think that's the main point here is you, you do need to know kind of who's on the guest list, but yeah. without finalising it until you've picked exactly which venue you're going to. Exactly. How many people you're going to be able to cater for and all that sort of Exactly, stuff. yeah. So um, if you've listened to our last episode, you know, we were talking about uh, your wedding party and it is important to think about who's going to be in your wedding party first because, for example, if your bridesmaid's got three children, you'll want to make sure that they're definitely included in the guest list. If you're having children. If you're having children. Exactly. <laughs> so it will be things like, um, you know, my maid of honour's got a plus one. Um, you know, are they going to be on the guest list? Where on the guest list would they sit? How important is it that they're there? But as long as you've got your yourselves, put yourselves on the top of your list, <laughs> and then um, your main bridal party, any children involved, any partners that you need to make sure are included in that guest list, get them down first so no one is forgotten, and then think about the rest. So that so going back to that third 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 um, sort of format, yeah. the first third could be your bridal party and so their extensions. Yeah, and then, and also. You know, if you're thinking about having an elopement or a destination wedding, you might want to have a smaller guest list because, let's face it, not everyone's going to be able to afford to go abroad for your wedding day. No, and that's and that's true. I mean, every every single person you put on your guest list has got a price on their head, and I mean, it's not very nice to think of it that way. But you know, you if you're having a hundred guests, you're going to have to pay for a hundred guests, and it it will be a case of if you're going to have an elopement or a destination wedding, how many people are you willing to pay for? And how many people would be willing to pay for flights themselves, for example? Yeah. Or how many people could actually afford to pay for the flights themselves? And it, it's not a very nice conversation to have with someone if they're your maid of honour and you can't afford to fly them out to Greece on your destination wedding, but they can't afford to pay for themselves either. So it's it's making those decisions early on, what kind of wedding you want, how many people approximately you'd like to have there. Would those people be able to pay for themselves to travel to that place or yeah. would you have to cover that cost? Because as soon as you work out approximately how much things are going to cost overall and then place a cost on everyone's head, you sort of have a better idea of what you want and need. Definitely, yeah. Um, and of course, your venue will obviously have a specific capacity limit so you do want to avoid hitting that with your approximate guest numbers so for example if you you know you're planning a barn wedding and it might not be that big you might be limited to 80 guests then you know you do need to think about that when you're putting together your approximate guest list yeah and I mean on guys for brides for example all of the venues we have um, on our listings do tend to sort of say 
this is my capacity for a, a sit-down meal. Yeah. This is the capacity for a ceremony. Um, and that will be able to help you. So you'll probably be browsing some venues um, right now and you're thinking, oh, I really like that country house venue. Um, and you click on that and you'll see, right, so I can have a maximum of 60 people at my ceremony, 100 people at my reception. So that kind of gives me an idea that I can have an extra 40 guests for the evening. So it it helps to do the maths, I think is the yeah, main point. Definitely. So, you know, that's why we suggest do this big guest list bounce so that when you decided on the type of wedding you want, the type of venue you want, then you can work out kind of how many people you're going to have to narrow that down to. Yeah, and I mean, it's worth knowing that, you know, your big list has got 100 people on it, but if you find a venue that's just perfect and it's only for 85, then you know, okay, well, I can't have everyone on this big list and it's it helps you be realistic as well. So Definitely. yeah, it helps you go, okay, well, to be honest, I don't think I was going to invite this person, this person, this person in in reality. And it help, It just helps bring back down to Definitely, earth. Definitely, yeah. It's just really good to keep referring back to it. Yeah, and then another sort of piece of advice after this big list is to show it to someone you trust, like your best man or your maid of honour or your mum. <laughs> yeah, or your parents. Yeah. You know, you might have left someone off. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if your parents are contributing financially to your wedding, they might have someone there that is like a family friend that they would really like at your wedding, mm. you know, that they might say, oh, actually, would you mind if we invited so-and-so? Yeah, and I mean, it helps them to know how much wriggle room you've got as well. So if um, you have a venue that's got a bigger capacity than your big guest list, they might be able to go, oh, you know what? I'd really love it if these people were able to come. Do you think you can squeeze them in? And it gives yeah. you that opportunity to say yes or no. Yeah, exactly. So now we've got our draft guest list. We want to work on finalising that guest list and cutting it down a bit. And it can get a little bit technical here. So obviously, as we said before, you do need to know roughly what budget you have because that's going to determine how many people you can actually afford to invite to your wedding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you have a £10,000 budget, and as we said previously, most couples tend to spend about 40 to 45 percent of that on the venue and catering yeah so 100 guests is 40 45 pound a head so you need to ask yourself is that the kind of wedding that you want is that going to get you everything that you want included in your wedding packages um and would you then need to reduce that guest list further in order to increase the budget per head? Because if you are wanting, um, if, if it is the difference, like you really, really want champagne and not Prosecco at yeah. your wedding, you know, is that going to, is 10 people going to be the difference to you having that thing that you really, really want? Exactly. Um, and it's a tough conversation to have with your partner, yeah. but it's, ultimately it's your wedding day and you don't want to have to look back on it and go oh, I really wish we got the champagne instead of the Prosecco <laughs> I know I know it sounds really trivial but <laughs> it's something that you really wanted so why didn't you have it well because you couldn't afford it exactly or like you know if you you really want this gorgeous wedding cake that you've seen and maybe you can't really afford it with the number of guests you're inviting you think oh well you know, maybe I'll just get a friend to make the cake or something. You know, actually, if you maybe cut down on your guest list a bit, you'd be able to afford that. Yeah, and it, it, it might be the case of five, ten people. And 
a lot of people say that at huge huge weddings it's quite difficult to speak to every single person as well so it's it's yeah. like you need you need to make that tough decision of what's more important is is it more important for me to have the wedding that I absolutely dream of and is part of that dream being having lots and lots of guests and having every single person you could possibly imagine being there or is it having those like really posh niceties that you really wanted to have yeah like that are on your Pinterest board (laughs) the things that you've pinned and gone oh my god I really want that I think when budget comes to play it's kind of quantity over quality Mm. you know if you're gonna have more people you might not be able to afford you know the top nice things that otherwise if you have a smaller guest list yeah you'd be able to afford so yeah, the, the problem with reducing the guest list is that you do have to make compromises between people and things sometimes. And yeah. It's not a fun conversation. I think that I think that's the point we're making. Don't expect this to be the most fun conversation. This is a very difficult conversation yeah, to is. have. Yeah. So, you know, it, now it's the time to go back to that big guest list that we talked about earlier, the one where you've just written down everyone's names on uh that you would in an ideal world, love to have at your wedding. So first of all, you want to take this list and you want to identify your immediate family or close family uh, and your closest friends and your wedding party. The people Um, that you wouldn't want to get married without. Exactly. These are the people that, you know, are absolutely at your wedding no matter what. Yeah, this 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 is the group of people that if we had another situation of COVID, God forbid, you you know that that group of people is all you would ever, ever need. But anything less than that is not possible. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, if you just get a notebook and you can write down, um, you know, your initial guest list, you know, you could get some colored highlighters, do some color coding or separate them out into a completely different list, um, whichever way works best for you. Yeah, it, sometimes it takes a little bit of um, trial and error because yeah. you you start writing a list and you think, oh God, this is I, I can't think right now because this is not the right format for me. It might take you a little while yeah. actually to format this in the right way that works yeah. for you. You know, if you keep changing things around and you like spreadsheets, you know, <laughs> go and do it on Excel where you can color code things, you can keep moving things around you know, whatever is best. Yeah. So first thing to do, again, make sure your names are on the list. Put yourselves (laughs) right at the top. Everything you're doing, make sure your names are right at the top. You do not want to forget about yourselves. No, because actually, it's a very important point to this. If you forget about yourselves and say, oh, I've got 83 people, you've actually got 85. And, you know, suddenly you're over capacity or you're needing to pay for two extra heads and that you didn't budget for okay so now we've found the people that we could not get married without like you absolutely couldn't do it without now it's time to find the people that you fully intend to invite no matter what yeah so we could call that the people that you couldn't get married without the a-list yeah. And the people that you would fully intend to invite, the B list. And I know it yeah. sounds really horrible, but <laughs> it's actually when you're planning a wedding, it's an expensive thing. And you've got to prioritize the people that are going to be there. Yeah, you do. So, you know, this B list, if you want to call it that, you know, these would be your friends, your colleagues that you have a close relationship with. 
you know, maybe your, your cousins, indirect family members, um, maybe that you don't see as often as your immediate family. Yeah, but still the people that are very, very important yeah. to you. I mean, we're not suggesting anyone on this list is not important. No, absolutely not. No. Um, so now you're left with those who haven't been selected yet. And I guess we could call this the C-list, but it would <laughs> sound even worse. Um, these people are those that you would love to have at your wedding if your budget and venue capacity allowed them to be there. So this might be um, colleagues that you have a good relationship, but maybe don't see outside of work, um, your parents' requests, um, more distant friends and families, or plus ones of people you're inviting um, who might be in new relationships or you haven't really spent much time with or gotten to know yet. Um, this this is the list that you start cutting people down from if you, if you can't find room yeah. for them. And it's unfortunate, it's never nice, but at least you know that this is this is where you can go if you need to cut down maybe by three or four people. Yeah, and, you know, this will be a bit difficult. And, um, you know, you might feel terrible about it. And there's, you know, don't don't feel bad about <laughs> it. But, you know, you do need to prioritise your guest list in this way because, let's face it, Weddings are expensive. And, you know, as Nikita said, each head has a cost to it. So, you know, you do need to be realistic. And yeah. And not- sometimes your your dream wedding just your dream wedding venue just won't accommodate 150 plus people that are on your, your big list. Exactly. You know, you need to have it your wedding. It's your big day. It needs to be something that you want it to be rather than compromising over something that's really important because you wanted to invite two or three more people exactly yeah um and you might find you know if it's more cost effective for you to invite some of the people that you're less close with um just to the reception um so you know they're not there for the entire day but they still get to join in with your celebrations um and they're not left out yeah absolutely i mean there's so I've been I've been invited to weddings that I've just been invited to the reception. Yeah, me too. Um, and everyone's really happy to be there, yeah. regardless. <laughs> and to be honest, that means their cost of their their head being there is less. So you could probably accommodate more people just coming to your reception than more than those people also being there for the whole day. Yeah, you know, if you're um, having like sixty guests stay for the whole day and inviting forty for the evening they're still going to have a great time. They're yeah. still going to get fed. They're still going <laughs> to dance the night away with you and have a few drinks. You know, it's, it's shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad. No. And actually, you know, some people, you know, if they've got children or a very busy job, you know, they might be able to only come for the evening anyway. So, yeah. you know, don't feel bad about just inviting people uh, for the evening part at all. Right, so now we've done that, I know it is very technical. Um, and don't worry, we've written all of this down in the show notes. So go over to guideswithbrides.co.uk forward slash podcast and you can find all of this uh, just to have a rerun through and actually try it out for yourself. So how did you narrow your guest list down? I mean, did you did you do the big list method? I did, yeah. So I opened the notes on my phone and I started with myself and hubby <laughs> yourself um, and your partner very important yeah, top of the list number, please um, <laughs> and I also numbered them as well so I could keep track of exactly how many people there were um so it started off with my parents siblings and then all of my friends 
um, and other people that we knew. Um, and then, you know, I also looked at my Facebook friends list as well, because sometimes if you're doing things off the top of your head, you might accidentally forget about people. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I did write my uh, Christmas present list off the top of my head this year and had to go back because it completely forgot about one person. And, you know, it's, you know, it, you're never perfect, are you? So no. you, you do... <laughs> You do have to make sure that you check it, even if it's going to your parents or consulting your Facebook friends list. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I think numbering as well when you're doing the list really helps you just to keep a track of, you know, how many people exactly this is adding up to. Because if you just end up with a big list of names, you know, you're going to have to <laughs> go through counting mm. through. Um, and I did mine through trying to think about families. So... I would think about, you know, my sister and her husband and all their children and try and group them together. Mm. Yeah, and it would it makes it a little bit easier because you then you you find it more easy to remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're going, right, so this sister, you've got loads of siblings. So <laughs> like, this sister has this much family, this sister has this much family, this brother has this much family. Exactly. It really does help you. So when you were coming up with your final guest list and you booked your venue and everything like that, did you find you had to narrow it down at all or did you have room for more people? Um, I did have to narrow it down slightly. So, um, again, you know, I've got a big family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, some of my cousins that I only maybe see once a year have a lot of children. And because of, you know, the cost per head, I wasn't able to invite some of their children. Um, so we did have to cut down on some of those numbers. Um, for the most part, I was able to invite most of the people on my list, which was really good. I mean, that helps with the A-list, B-list, C-list thing, because actually yeah. you are able to invite the vast majority because you found a venue that is based on that number of exactly. the big list. Um, but how did you approach it when um, you couldn't invite people's children? Like that's so, a very difficult subject, isn't it? It was tricky because you don't want to, you know, give them the impression that you don't like their children or you don't <laughs> want them there at the wedding at all. You know, I, I absolutely love my cousins um, and their children are, are just wonderful. Um, so we did think about how we were going to do it. And I think it's best just to be upfront and honest about the reason why. Mm. And our reason was financially, you know. Yeah the children's meals were still quite pricey and we put that on the invitations Mm. um and we did also speak to them as well um yeah on the phone and I mean you can make certain exceptions can't you so if like your friends are flying in from as you you had a friend flying in from Canada yeah didn't you so I mean if they have if you've got people flying in for your wedding you probably couldn't ask them to leave their children at home. It's, no, it's, absolutely yeah. not. Not in another country. <laughs> it sounds really horrible, but it would be a case of potentially having to prioritise whose children are going to be allowed to attend. And I guess, as you say, if you're upfront with those people and honest and saying, look, unfortunately, as much as I would love your whole family to be there, I can only invite you to because yeah. that's all we can afford. And I'm really, really sorry. And I hope you can still make it um but just being honest with them because yeah most of the time if you speak to someone about it they'll be really they'll be really kind about it definitely and I think 
you know, if you just said to someone, I'm sorry, we can't invite your children and not give them a reason, they're <laughs> going to be quite upset with Especially you. if they're quite close family members. Yeah. So, you know, just being honest and giving them that reason so they know that you are thinking of them and you do want them there, but you're just unable to. Um, and they will be more, more than understanding with that. Yeah. And I guess as well, there's another thing about adult only weddings, um, because if you have got a large family with lots of children and you're then having to prioritize the children of your very close family members, an adult only wedding might be the only way forward because, yeah. you know, if you're, you can't just choose two sisters that you can't don't invite their children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, they'll, you know, they'll turn up and they'll see other children at the wedding. It's like, why isn't my child invited? But they can have their children. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a touchy subject. Um, yeah. Probably brought up a lot of Christmas dinners. <laughs> <laughs> Another way you can prioritise the people who can attend your wedding is how far those people would need to travel to get there and if you would then need to contribute to those costs in any way absolutely yeah I mean if you would need to help them maybe it's best that they attend via a live stream yeah. like it's I have personally a lot of family all over the world there is no way that if I got married I could pay for every single person who I would want to be there for their flights here <laughs> like it's just impossible that that would cost quite a lot of money regardless so yeah. it, it probably costs more than the wedding yeah if I'm honest with you um so if they're unable to afford their own plane ticket it might be best to just invite them via a live stream and I mean again it might be a difficult conversation but generally in that situation people are very understanding yeah um and they do try and find a way that they could pay for it themselves but you know neither of you want to make each other feel bad no not at all um, and I think the live stream is such a good idea. Um, I have a friend who lives in the US and she got married during COVID and they <laughs> did a, a live stream of their wedding and we got to watch it back. Um, and it was just really nice to actually, although you weren't invited to the actual wedding, it was so nice to actually see the ceremony mm. and kind of feel like you were kind of there. Yeah, and it... It's a, it's not an ideal situation, but it is the best alternative, I, I guess, is the way you could put it, because you want those people to be there. They know you want them to be there. Like, they know that you're thinking of them. They know you care. You could make it an event there, right? <laughs> you could tell them to dress up and send a photo of themselves you know, yeah. and have them attending in like a, if you had like a projector with photos, you could do all of that at the <laughs> wedding. It could be really, really sweet. Now, there will be certain points, especially if you're not hitting your capacity, where you may want to invite people to your wedding on a whim. Absolutely. And I think this is where that big list comes back in again, because it does act as a little reminder of who you originally wanted to invite in that ideal world. So if they aren't already on your list, you know, don't act on that whim unless for a really good reason. Yeah, I mean, if it's different, if they're on the list, someone's not able to make it anymore. You've got two more seats at the table um, and you think, oh, yeah, I'd really like that person to be able to come. Let's invite them. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. You know, it's your wedding. You do what you want to do. But at the same time, they come with a cost to their head. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. Every single person you invite to your wedding is going to have a cost on their head and that's what you need to remember when you're creating your guest lists and if you're inviting someone on a whim 
are you are you going to lose that money if those people can't attend anymore is it better to find those two people to take those places um or is it better to just stay as it is and not make any changes absolutely because you do want to stick to your budget and it is an important thing when it comes to wedding planning to keeping to that budget because you don't really want to start off married life in debt, do you? <laughs> no. I think it's really important to consider how, you know, if you were going to go over budget, what are you wanting to go over budget on? <laughs> you know, yeah. is that two extra people worth going over budget on? Or is, you know, choosing a cake that you really want worth going over budget on? You know, it's, again, weighing up those costs. Yeah, what are you willing to compromise on? Yeah, exactly. So now you have all the tips you need for putting together your guest list. I know there was a lot there in a short space of time. So don't worry. As we said before, go and check out our show notes. I feel like that's going to be a bit of a theme, you know, the, the, a lot in a short space of time, especially <laughs> with this season, because it's all about planning essentially. Absolutely. So to recap, the main points are to get that big list sorted before you start looking at your venue. And then once you've found your ideal setting, Work within your capacity and your budget and narrow it down. And then once you've booked your venue, then you can start to invite people. I mean, as always, the key details will be on those show notes. So don't stress that we've covered so much in this podcast and you haven't made any notes or you're driving or something like that. So there's also plenty of guest list tips on guysubrise.co.uk. Again, we'll put all the relevant links in those show notes for you. Thanks again for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed these first three episodes of our brand new podcast. If you did, please leave us a review to help other couples find our content. The next episode will be released in a couple of weeks time. We'll chat to you then. Bye.